Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. And we welcome you tonight to the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. My name is Pastor Matthew Recker from Heritage Baptist Church right here in the greatest city in the world, New York City. And I don't normally lead off this program as Micah, my assistant here for the program who does an amazing job each week. He's on assignment in Israel, suffering for the Lord there. But my sidekick in life, my wife, Debbie, is with me tonight to my left. Debbie, hello. Hi, Hi everybody. Hi, Pastor. Okay, nice to have you. And we have a wonderful young couple. They've been on before, but I believe it's been about a year. They're super members of Heritage Baptist Church. Sid, our song leader, good to have you back, Sid. Good evening, Pastor. And your lovely wife, Ruth, who is our pianist and violinist and musician extraordinaire. Ruth, good to have you with us as well. Nice to be here too, Pastor. Okay, and Sid, you're also a, a, a musician extraordinaire. And, and what, what instruments do you play, Sid? I play the percussion, which is a collective uh, term for it. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, that means it's everything that you can, like, imagine hitting or something like that. Yeah, With yeah. your hands with a stick. All whatever. kinds of things you yep. hit. Yeah, I've seen you play that marimba. <laughs> and that's an amazing awesome. instrument. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, well, it's, it's wonderful to have you all here tonight. And I want to invite all of our listeners right at the top of our show this evening to Heritage Baptist Church. If you're looking for a good Bible-believing church and maybe you're still kind of wandering because of this pandemic time and still uncertain about going to church well thanksgiving time is coming right on we're right on the heels of it It, within a month thanksgiving will be coming or so and we're going to have a delicious thanksgiving feast at our church on sunday november 20th and we want you to put that in your calendar we want to invite you dear listener come on out to heritage baptist church on sunday november 20th we want to we want to be a blessing to you and you'll enjoy the service you'll enjoy the food afterward and the fellowship we'll have a great time we meet on sunday at 490 hudson street that's right in greenwich village it's easy easily accessible If you're coming from New Jersey, you just take the PATH train right to Christopher Street. If you're coming in the city, you take that red line, the number one train to Christopher Street, Sheridan Square. Or you could go to the West 4th Street station. Many trains go in and out of that station. So come on out. Visit with us. We'd love to meet you, dear friends, at Heritage Baptist Church. Our Sunday service begins at 10 a.m. with a Bible study. My wife teaches the women's class. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a great men's uh, fellowship. Pastor, Assistant Pastor Carmine teaches that. We have children's classes. Micah teaches our city youth. You'll have a great time. We would just love to have you come on out. Now, this evening, we are going to talk from Genesis chapter 43. A very practical subject on moving into the unknown and tension-filled future. Don't we all have to move into a future that is unknown to us? 
And that's what's going on in Genesis chapter 43. As each person in this chapter is facing some very tension-filled unknowns. Jacob, the sons of Jacob, and Joseph himself are all facing unknowns. And aren't we all, dear friends? Life is filled with great unknowns, is it not? So tonight we're going to go into Genesis 43. We're going to read the entire chapter as we begin. And so I'll start it off in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 43. And the famine was sore in the land. And it came to pass when they had eaten up the corn which they had brought out of Egypt, their father said unto them, Go again, buy us a little food. And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, You shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food. But if not, but if thou wilt not send him, we will not go down. For the man said unto us, You shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. And Israel said, Wherefore dealt ye so ill with me, as to tell the man whether you had yet a brother? And they said, The man asked us straightly of our state and of our kindred, saying, Is your father yet alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to, to the tenor of these words. We could, we, and could we certainly know what that, that he would say? Bring your brother down? And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. I will be a surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. For except we had lingered, surely now we had returned this second time. And their father Israel said unto them, it is must, If it must be so now, do this. Take of the best fruits of the, in the land in your vessels, and carry down the man a present, a little balm, a little honey, spices, and meal, nuts, and almonds. And take double the money in your hand, and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks. Carry it again in your hand, peradventure it was an oversight. Take also your brother, and arise, go again unto the man. And God Almighty give you mercy before the man, and that he may send away your other brother and Benjamin. If I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And the men took that, that present, and they took double the man in their hand, and Benjamin, and rose up, and went down to Egypt, and stood, stood before Joseph. And when Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the ruler of his house, Bring this man home, and slay, and make ready, for this man shall dine with me at noon. And the man did as Joseph bade, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. And the men were afraid, because they were brought into <coughs> Joseph's house. And they said, Because of the money that was returned in our sacks at the first time are we brought in, that he may seek occasion against us, and fall upon us, and take us for bondmen and our donkeys. And they came near to the steward of Joseph's house, and they communed with him at the door of the house, and said, O oh, sir, we came indeed down at the first time to buy food, and it came to pass, when we came to the inn, that we opened our sacks, and behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight, and we have brought it again 
in our hand. And other money have we brought down in our hands to buy food. We cannot tell who put our money in our sacks. And he said, Peace be to you. Fear not. Your God and the God of your father hath given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. And he brought Simeon out unto them. And the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water. And they washed their feet and he gave their donkeys provender. And they made ready the present against Joseph came at noon, for they heard that they should eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house, and bowed themselves to him to the earth. And he asked them of their welfare, and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom ye speak? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant our father is in good health, he is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and paid obeisance. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom ye spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. And he washed his face and went out, and afraid himself, and said, Set on bread. And they sat on for him by himself, and for them by themselves, and for the Egyptians, which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, and the men marveled one at another. And he took and sent messes unto them from before him, but Benjamin's mess was five times so much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. Amen. So this evening we're going to look at moving into the unknown and tension-filled future. And Brother Sid, if you would please lead us up in prayer. Let's pray. Uh, yes, Lord, we ask for your uh, guidance, we ask for wisdom as we move towards uh, the future, Lord. Very, very uh, tension-filled uh, uh, future, Lord. So we just ask for your um, blessing tonight as we deliver your message, as we study your word. Please help us uh, be clear with our thoughts, Lord, and our uh, speech, so to deliver your message throughout uh, everyone who will hear this. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So isn't life filled with great unknowns, dear <coughs> friends? And this chapter is filled with this incredible tension, the tension of the unknown. And the sons of Jacob and Joseph as well as Jacob himself, have to embrace a future that they don't know, and it could even lead them into slavery, it could lead them into death, it could lead them into starvation. They don't know. It could lead uh, Jacob of losing another son, Benjamin. They don't know. It's the future is unknown. Maybe your life is filled with such uncertainty and tension, you're afraid to act. Or maybe you just want somebody to pray with you about your future that you're facing with the unknowns that are before you. If we could encourage you and pray with you tonight, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Again, that number, and we would love to hear from you. Or if you want to come on air with us and talk, because I know Sid and Ruth and even my wife, we have all a story to tell about facing the unknowns, don't we? And I know you have a story to tell as well, dear friend, or perhaps you just need prayer 
or some counsel from God's Word. We have loving counselors to pray with you. Call us now, 929-333-3739. Now, another thing here about this chapter is that the sons of Jacob, after what they did to Joseph, Joseph is, in a sense, giving them a second chance. Yes. They, they, and so they have to embrace their future and embrace the opportunity of a second chance. And when I was preparing this message, I came across an incredible quote by the great commentator, Matthew Henry. And Matthew Henry said this. He said, we cannot judge what men are by what they have formerly been. And what a blessing that Joseph's brothers change. And we have to keep that in mind when we go into the future. Maybe you have to deal with a boss or a coworker or a family member, and they treated you a particular way. But by the grace of God, they can change, and you can pray about that. Then Matthew Henry went on, and he even said, quote, The worst may mend in time. And so we should be hopeful towards those that we will be working with and dealing with because God's leading our lives. And we've got to trust him as he's going to put us in place where we have to work with people and embrace the opportunity for a second chance. So we cannot fail to act just because we failed in the past and just because you don't know how things will work out. Isn't that true? And this chapter shows us that we must act and move even into the unknown future. And so we often ask ourselves, what will happen if this ha- if I do this? And there's so many ifs. What will happen if I go to college? And maybe you, you are afraid about what will happen if you don't go to college, but maybe you should. Or what will happen if I marry that person? And you're afraid what might happen, but maybe you should marry that person. I'm not saying you should. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't, God, God will lead you. What will happen if this happens or if that happens? But ifs must not keep us from moving forward. So let me just ask a question to you guys. When did you act and move into your uncertain future? And did you have, a, did you have an experience like that? Ruth, would you like to lead us off tonight? Absolutely, Pastor. Um, so I am an immigrant. Both Sid and I are, are immigrants. So I think that's one of the times, it's, times in our lives where we really had to deal with a lot of what-ifs. Um, I went here to the U.S. a couple years back to study. Um, I'm a violinist, so I'm a musician. So I went here to study music performance. And um, while, so that was, that's for my master's, so between my first and second year, um, there were things that made me, like, prayerfully consider what is God's will. Uh, I, you know, I had that, um, I I wasn't sure if maybe I should, see God's will if if I should stay here or not um you know that that's there's a lot of what ifs there I still had a job back in the Philippines I was the assistant concert master of the Philippine Philharmonic Orchestra which was the national orchestra in the Philippines and so I got a tenure job there um it was um it was it was uh, it was a good job back in the Philippines especially for musicians um, but I'm sure that was a highly sought job, tenured yeah, job. Yes, yes. And, and you said, what was the position there? It, uh, I was the assistant concert master. Assistant so, concert master. Okay. Yes, bachelor. Yeah. So I had some responsibilities with you know the whole section that every has one uh-huh. has to. Anyway, um, so eventually it, I still had a job there. I took a study leave, and then I prayed, I prayed and prayed and prayed. I I, I wanted God's will, obviously. 
and um, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but, you know, I think things led each to another. And then um, eventually I had to make a decision because my position was waiting for me back in yeah. the Philippines. So I, it, I did have to send out my resignation um, somewhere towards the end of my second year here, yeah. um, in towards the end of my my studies. And so I did I I filed my resignation and I wasn't sure if um if, you know if things will work out here especially you know with immigration yeah. and all that um but I just trusted God I, if 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 this was God's will I know he will he will also just direct the path the path my the path and uh, if I commit my way to him he will Yeah so my what path. will happen if I resign this prestigious position in the Philippine Orchestra, in, and what will things work out well here? And you weren't married at that time yeah, exactly. either, and so there were a lot of what-ifs with this man right. sitting right here, <laughs> Sid. So, Sid, what are some what-ifs and questions of the unknown future you had to face? We basically faced the same question. If he, uh, she just faced it much earlier. So, as, as Ruth has said, we're both immigrants here. I followed her here two years and when she was here studying her master's degree, where were you? I was in Hong Kong. I was working with Hong Kong Disneyland as uh, the lead percussion. So uh, I had to quit that job. Yeah. So uh, it's a very, very, very uh, nice career, so to speak, or a job. And I had to make the decision to follow uh, here, here, follow God's will, uh, uh, most importantly. And also take a... a take a master's degree here uh, and then I really don't know what will happen after that yeah uh, we do have some certain plans but we don't know how it will uh, uh, lay out in the future and because at that time you were just co you were just here a student on student visas mm -hmm. and so even getting your green card was just a whole nother mountain yeah. in which to climb so right. that was a whole nother but a bunch of what-ifs there yes, I see. okay well and yeah. but god has worked it out hasn't yeah. he? Uh, yes, yes. all those what-ifs god has answered them um very faithfully and um he has you know now now we were we, we already got we're now um we got a green card god has answered that that prayer and mm -hmm. god has been faithful amen and, mm -hmm. and now on what basis did you get your green card um okay. i had to get it as a musician so i had to prove that I was it was an I was an ex extraordinary musician oh you yeah. are an extraordinary yeah. musician you are. I know I know even Debbie one time suggested that you go to the White House yeah. to do a gig there that's right and both and Sid brought his marimba mm -hmm. yes and yeah. and what was that like performing in the White House oh that was really awesome, awesome. it was yeah. like uh, something I've never thought of you yeah done. that's one uh, that's another uncertain thing yeah, well, life is so uncertain. I remember when I met Debbie, she was uncertain about me. <laughs> but uh, I've been married now 40 years. So, yeah. Debbie, what, what story do you want well, to share here? Of course, the biggest thing that comes to my mind, honey, is when you and I were newly married and uh, we finished college and packed up our belongings in boxes and left them all at our parents' homes and we drove around the country raising financial support to come here to New York City as missionaries to plant a church. And so I was pretty sure everything would work out. God is in control, but it was still uncertain. Totally uncertain. I remember when we when we got here and I was sitting in Brooklyn. We, we got our place and we were sitting in Brooklyn. And then it dawned on me, I have been traveling around for a year and was 
telling people, oh, we're going to start a church in New York City. And now I'm sitting there thinking, I have to start a church and I have no idea how to do this. You know, I had never done it before. So all I all I could do was to rely really on what I had been taught and how I've been trained. And so literally I went to my file folder of, of church planning notes and how to start a church and just went to point one and did did that and point two and point three. And God blessed. And now, of course, we've been in New York City church planning since 1984. And God has worked out all those what ifs and unknowns. We have mm-hmm. to trust him. Dear friends, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. So the first unknown that Jacob and his sons have to face is, should he let Benjamin go to Egypt? He's afraid to do that. He's afraid to let his son Benjamin go with his brothers because maybe he's still uncertain what happened with Joseph and he know that Joseph disappeared when he when he was in their presence so what we see here is that Jacob and his sons are conversing about their return to Egypt to get food and the tension that they have to face is that Joseph said that Benjamin must return with his brothers right if you don't bring Benjamin you don't see my face basically is what Joseph told them In order to get Simeon, because Simeon was in prison, in order to get Simeon out of prison, you have to bring Benjamin with you. That's what Joseph said. But Jacob said in the last chapter, Benjamin will never go back there. He will never, I will never, I cannot let Benjamin go because he did not want to lose his son Benjamin as he had lost Joseph. So how will this tension be resolved. So Debbie, how does how does Judah help resolve this tension in helping his father face this unknown and tension-filled future? And it's really Judah that stands up and and argues to his father to release Benjamin. Great. Yeah, so I have two concepts. One is unselfishness and the other is mature responsibility. Judah takes mature responsibility for Benjamin's well-being. Uh, Judah assures his father in a very, very serious way that uh, he, Judah, will protect Benjamin. Um, I think it is from his experience a few years earlier in Genesis chapter 38, uh, Judah learned a lesson about selfishness and irresponsibility. Uh, He showed a lot of irresponsibility. Mm. But here, then, in Genesis 43... Uh, Judah is unselfish enough that he persuades Jacob that he, that Judah, has changed and that Judah is not the unselfish, that he's not the selfish person that he was, you know, in chapter 38. So Judah stands up with leadership. Uh, He casts off his selfishness. Uh, He takes mature responsibility for Benjamin. And uh, Judah promises to be Benjamin's surety. This means that if anything happens to Benjamin, then Jacob will be allowed to require a punishment and payment from Judah. And uh, Judah will will take the place of Benjamin, you know, in in that act of slavery. If if Benjamin gets sold into slavery, Judah will take his place. So Judah sounded unselfish enough uh, that he made Jacob feel that they would uh, protect Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. And earlier in the last chapter, Reuben made really an unreasonable proposal to Jacob to send Benjamin 
And he said, slay my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. Now, why would Jacob want to kill his two grandsons? But (laughs) Judah makes a responsible proposal when he says, let me bear the blame if I bring him not to back to you. And then when they went down, Judah was even willing to be a slave to Joseph in order for Benjamin to return later on. And we'll see that back in, well, in the next week in chapter 44. So that's exactly right. Judah takes a sense of great responsibility. And that's how we have to handle the future. If we handle the future in the power of the Holy Spirit and taking responsibility for our actions and handling the, the daily grind of life, trusting God. So what's a story like that and how have, how have you been able to each experience and live out a sense of responsibility and yet maintain your integrity as you have faced your future. Sid, why don't we start it out with you? Um, regards to like uh, having a mature uh, respo- responsibility, like uh, as you've said that, uh, earlier, I am a musician, and right now I'm not fully a full-time mus- musician, and I, I shifted career, actually. Mm-hmm. I went to dentistry or, or orthodontics, and to me, uh, I I I would have loved to play and waited for this uh, pandemic to like go down and start with playing. But no, I have a family now. I had to like uh, make something out of whatever I have right now. So I took a jump, a leap to another field that I had no idea how to do. But by God's grace, now I'm doing it. And it's uh, bringing bread into our So you were working in Hong Kong as a percussionist? Yes. In a in a good full time paying job, and then you came here and did a master's degree exactly yes in in percussions mm-hmm. and different things, and you were really hoping to pursue a musical career, but then you had to kind of just leave that to the side at least for now, because you need to provide for your family. Exactly Is that, what you're that yep. And then you never thought about going into dentistry before. Nope, not even <laughs> in my slightest. So how did that happen then? Um, what did what, what what did you have a dream or something? No, <laughs> actually, uh, exactly. Sister Joni who recommended that I take that uh, interview for a uh, dental assisting job, and I didn't have any idea uh, about that. And then just I just submitted my resume. So somebody that you knew, a, a sister in our church, yes. knew this dentist, yep. and knew that he was looking for, for an assistant, a, an assistant, and just suggested that to you. Yeah. Oh, sometimes God works in that way, right? Mm-hmm. He puts people in our lives to give us those suggestions, and then we pray about them, and God leads uh, through them. Okay, uh, Ruth, did you want to add to that? Um, I think in my case, uh, Pastor, I think one instance of the uh, situation that I can remember um, taking a responsibility and something, you know, vouching for other people is like going back to my my previous job in the orchestra, like leading a section in an, in a full orchestra, like it is your responsibility whether if one person in the section, um, you know, drags the whole orchestra down, slows down, or or plays out of tune, or something like that. I, um, as a section leader, it will be your it will be it would have been my responsibility to make sure that as a section we're all yeah. contributing. 
as a group, and if not, I'll take re responsibility if there's someone who doesn't, um, you know, participate. So when you're you're playing a violin in an orchestra, but you're also leading that section of violins, yeah. right? You're you're the lead violinist. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, Because I'm not a musician, so I have to try to slow <laughs> down right. and understand this. So when, if you do, if you don't do your job, then your whole section is gonna won't be carrying the load. That's right. Or if there's someone in the section who doesn't do the job, it's on me, right? Yeah. So we have to bear our responsibility in order to make the beautiful music that God has called us to make. Okay, so what we're going to do, we'll get a call here from one of our dear brothers, and he's been actually on the program with us before. This is Brother Dow. And Dow, thank you so much for calling, and you are hey, on man. the Heritage of Faith Conversation. Good to hear from you, brother. You too, Pastor Rekha. I, I, I wanted to just point out an interesting twist in the scripture uh, that a lot of times people miss. And uh, when you look at uh, 43, verses 6 and 7, it talks about uh, when Jacob is asking the, the sons, how did you know, how did the man know that you had a little, another brother? And th they say in verse seven, but they said, the man asked us pointedly ourselves about our family saying, is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to these words. But if you go back to 43, uh, ch uh, chapter uh, 42, verse 13, it says that they told uh, uh, Joseph about Benjamin. So it's not like Joseph knew, but they, they, they went to their father and said, well, Joseph, oh, he already knew that we had another brother. No, they told him, but then they changed the story when they came to their father, Jacob. Just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought there. So you're saying that they tell their father that Joseph asked them straight, what's the state of our kindred? That's in 43.7, where right. really Joseph was challenging them that they were spies and in order to deflect that accusation that's when they said we have the youngest a youngest brother right then, so yeah. they told joseph but so but then when they, when they were speaking to their father they were acting like joseph already knew that they had a younger brother no he didn't know they they told joseph that so they were lying to yeah. jacob even at that point yeah well could well be brother thank you thanks for sharing that dow yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Good talking to you, okay, Pastor. I'll okay. talk to you later on. Okay, Dow. All right. Okay. Always a good thought from Brother Dow. He's a great brother in Christ. And talking about re mature responsibility, I love what Winston Churchill, who led Great Britain through, of course, World War II against Nazism, he said, the price of greatness is responsibility and we must take responsibility in our lives in order to make changes in our lives and taking responsibility is called growing up Sid like what you well described that you have a family and you have to provide for your family and that's your responsibility so you had to figure things out God bless you for making that decision and you'll never know how the Lord will continue to lead you now in mm -hmm. dentistry uh, and have you have you done extra training in that since I you yes I did I I went to a night school so I was studying full time and working full time this past year to get a certification of uh, dental assistantship basically yeah. taking more responsibility yes, on more right. schooling that's that's a that's a blessing and a great example and 
leadership takes responsibility. It doesn't make excuses. It doesn't look for who to blame. And so we must not look for someone to place the blame on, but we must look to take responsibility. So when Judah takes this responsibility, Jacob relents and he says, okay, go, but take double the money in your sacks, take your brother. And may, and then he even says, may God Almighty give you mercy before the man. Now, here's another thing that's interesting in our text here tonight that we read. They're, as they're talking one to another, what do they refer to Joseph as? The man. The man. And they say it in verse 5, in verse 6. I have it underlined in my Bible in verse 7 and verse 11. And let let me just kind of jump ahead. In chapter 44, when Joseph is actually talking to to Joseph, I'm sorry, when Judah is talking to Joseph, what does Judah call Joseph in chapter 44? Look in chapter 44, like verse 18 and verse 19. What are the first two words of verse 19? Also verse 20, verse 22. Over and over again, my they Lord. call him what? My Lord. My Lord. So they call Joseph the man in this chapter and my Lord. And again, that's like a picture of Jesus Christ, that he's the perfect man, but he is Lord. Joseph being a type of Christ. So Jacob says, may God have mercy upon you and allow you to return with Simeon and Benjamin. And he even, he actually has to surrender it all to him. He says, he says if, and he says in verse 14, and what, a, what an emotional statement this really is for a father. He says, if I be bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. And so they face the unknown future. He doesn't know what's going to happen to his children to Simeon in jail, to Benjamin that he's going to send with his brothers. He doesn't know, but it's all going to turn out great, isn't it, dear friend? So what we're going to do right now, we're going to go play, to a little, uh, play a beautiful song, and this song en- encourages us to trust God that he is able to make a way for us and that he will lead us through our journey and through the unknowns of life. Trust him. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, He will make a way, He will make a way.
Face your unknowns, dear friend. God will make a way for you. Trust Him. Give us a call. The number is 929-333-3739. We would love to hear from you tonight. And we thank God for how He leads the sons of Jacob, Jacob, and even Joseph himself through all of these unknowns. And He will make a way, and we have to trust Him at all times. Again, give us a call at 929 929- Three 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 seven three nine. Because I know some of you are really facing some tension-filled moments in your life. Maybe in your family, maybe in your job, maybe with your finances, maybe with your health. You know what the situation is. But we'd love to pray with you and lift up your burden before the Lord at nine two nine three 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 seven three nine. Give us a call right now. And we also want to invite you to our service on November 20th. We're having a Thanksgiving feast at Heritage Baptist Church. We invite you to come. Put it on your calendar. Make plans to come on Sunday morning. 10 o'clock we have our Bible study. 11 o'clock is the morning service at 490 Hudson Street in the heart of Manhattan, New York City. Okay, the second unknown that they all face here now is the unknown of will we all become slaves? And the cast in this second unknown really are the is Joseph himself, the sons of Jacob, and the steward of Joseph. And the sons of Jacob are wondering, what is this ruler going to do to us when we go back? Because remember, when they had left, all their money was in the, their sacks. And they were thinking that they would be accused of being thieves. And because of that, they were thinking if Joseph sees them again, that he will accuse them of being thieves throw them in jail with Simeon, and they'll never go back home to dad. So that's the unknown. So, Sid, how do Joseph's brothers resolve this tension by facing this rough-speaking Egyptian ruler? I mean, he was rough with them, right? And they had no clue that he was their brother, Joseph. So how does this tension resolve? Well, uh, Pastor, the answer, simple answer is they, they walked in the light of uh, yeah. truth and returned the money to Joseph so they just trusted in the Lord and uh, they told the truth whatever uh, whatever will come out of that so uh, they showed integrity by uh, giving back double the money of in what was found in their uh, sacks and this shows honesty and not greed and uh, this shows that in the midst of uncertainty that honesty is the best uh, policy so also this is their second chance uh, to deal in truth with Joseph Stewart. So as First John uh, chapter 1, 6 to 7 says, if we say that we have uh, fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. But if we walk in, walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleansed us from all the, uh, sin. So uh, even though in, during this time they, they haven't even told uh, Jacob the truth about Joseph, what they did to Joseph, mm. where's Joseph right now? And basically they didn't confess to Joseph that, uh, wh- how they treated uh, uh, Jacob, how they treated Joseph. But in dealing with uh, Joseph, uh, they dealt with him honestly. And also Joseph is trying to s- bring them out uh, of darkness and into the light. Yeah, so even when they see Joseph here, and it says the man, 
That's Joseph's steward brings them into Joseph's house. They were afraid. They were like, oh, no, it's because the money that was returned in our sacks the first time we were brought in, and now they're going to they're gonna fall on us. He thought they were going to kill him still when they were brought into Joseph's house. But as you well said, Sid, they are walking in the light, even though they're still not telling Jacob fully what had happened, but still... They're demonstrating a, a higher degree, a much higher degree of honesty in their situation. So, so, Ruth, in your life and situation, how do you practice honesty and walking in the light, even in, in difficult situations that you have to face? Um, in well, my situation right now, I actually have, together with my sister, we... we, we uh, we're founders with a new school called Played Forward School of Music, and um, so I teach a lot more now nowadays, really. Um, and I think I work. So a lot. since you came to the United States, you first came as a student. Yes. And then you quit your job back home <laughs> in the Philippines, and now you say you you have a music school. Yes, faster. You started your own music school. Yes, faster. Wow, yes. that's quite an a, an accomplishment. Yes. Yeah, that's something we didn't know that was going to happen to back <laughs> when we got here. But um, yeah, God is good, and I know you've had support with, from your family as Absolutely. well. And and but the Lord has led in this. Yes, Pastor. So um, so I teach I teach a lot now, and um, in in how I teach, I real I work a lot very closely with the parents and not just the students. Um, so and I, with with the you know, with the success of the kid in mind and the experience, I think one thing that I is is important for me is to keep that relationship with the parents and being honest with them. And sometimes, if I have to tell them, like, you know, you have, what is your role in this? Like, you don't yeah. talk in the lesson, or or there are, there are things that they I have to be honest with them in how they are to be um, practice partners at home. Even if sometimes it could maybe offend them, I have to say it in Absolutely. you know in a in in a way that they will understand that we're you know in in a good way. Yeah, well, every teacher has to be honest with their students and the parents in order that the student can become the best at what you're hoping them to be. Right. In this case, musician and and learning their learning their uh, particular instrument. Right. So we have to deal honestly with them and encouraging them. And so, Debbie, how do you practice honesty? Because I know you're an honest person. How do you practice honesty even with your husband in difficult situations? No, not really <laughs> with your husband. That's <laughs> funny. I love um, Colossians 3.9 uh, that I'll paraphrase. It says, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off your old life with the deeds of your old life. And I think Christians should be honest. I think we should admit that lying is from our flesh and our old life. And when we walk in the light of Jesus Christ, we can have the courage uh, to be honest. Uh, we live in a world full of fraud. Um, even our FBI is filled with fraud. And it's a very sad thing that our world is a, a world full of fraud. We're, we're living in a, a lying c culture. And the, the sin of lying, probably out of the Ten Commandments, is one of the sins that people excuse. And they say, well, it wasn't that bad, or I had to lie, or it was a white lie. And they rationalize and minimize their sin against God. 
And the reality is Jesus said, you are of your father the devil, the lust of your father ye will do. And there were two activities of Satan that Jesus points out in this verse. One was he was a murderer, and the second was he abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. And so, dear friends, be humble and be quick to confess your wrong of lying if you have lied. Put away lying, Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, verse of chapter four, verse twenty-five. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, because we are not children of the darkness, dear friend. We are children of the light. We are children of the day, and we are to walk in the light as children of the light. That means we're to be honest. So, Sid, how do you have to also? How do you face? in your situation sometimes dishonesty or or how do you see the importance of practicing honesty and walking in the light in difficult situations well um i know in the businesses that uh it's very important to keep your uh customers happy or something like that clients happy and sometimes if things doesn't go the way that you want it you might need to as they say cover it up which basically saying lie so that the yeah. your customers you will not lose your customers so it's hard so and it's ba- basically if, if it's your job uh, if your your boss told you to do that or whoever is uh, and above you it's kind it's kind of hard to like really keep up the covering up or mm. the lying so basically uh what you have to do is really just stand up for the truth like tell them hey I'm not gonna do this anymore and just uh. Be ready or just uh, ask God to give you strength to whatever will come out of that. Yeah, that's right. And being honest, sometimes there's a cost to it. Maybe we will lose financially by being honest. And that's what Jacob is even doing here with Joseph and he, when he says to send double money. So that was a cost. That was a loss of money in, the, in a way. So they had bought the... They had they had sent the proper amount of money for the food, but that money was in their sack, right? But now they're sending that that same amount back, but they're doubling it. So now he's paying double the money in his mind for the food because he wants to be completely honest in his dealings with Joseph. And it's worth it to be honest like that, even if you have to bear loss in the process. Okay, so let's move to the third major tension, which is, will the sons of Jacob be jealous of the special treatment that Benjamin will receive? Okay, so we're talking tonight about moving into the unknown, tension-filled future. And we talked about that first unknown. The first unknown was, will Jacob let Benjamin go to Egypt? And if he does, what's going to happen to Benjamin? And so Judah argues in a good, godly sense of sense of mature responsibility. And so Jacob is going to let Benjamin go. The second unknown is they were wondering as they go to Egypt, the sons of Jacob were wondering, will we all be, become slaves? They didn't know that was the future they were facing was possibly slavery. The third unknown now is they, they, they meet Joseph and Joseph sits them all down to a dinner And Joseph is so overwhelmed with emotion, he excuses himself from his brothers, 
and he weeps like a baby. And then when the brothers all come in and they eat, and that's in, in verse 30, by the way, Genesis 43, verse 30, where it says, his bowels did yearn upon his brother and he sought where to weep and he entered into his chamber and he wept there. So, I mean, Joseph was just overcome. He even had to wash his face so that they wouldn't see the tears in his eyes because you know when you cry, it was like, oh, people will know I'm crying, right? And so he had to wash his face and then he set before Benjamin five times as much. as. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? To make Benjamin look special. Yeah. So Joseph so was treating out. Benjamin, right. in a way here, as... As Jacob, Jacob taught... Uh, um, Jacob treated, had treated, treated, treated Joseph, Joseph, and the brothers hated Joseph, Joseph. because he was treated in a special way. So Joseph is testing his brothers to see if they would... If they're still envious and jealous mm-hmm. and greedy. Yeah. So, Ruth, how is this tension resolved? when Benjamin receives five times as much as his brothers? Well, this time um, they, they acted differently. Um, it's a, they, they were joyfully content. It's the, the, the verse, the chapter actually ends with, um, and they drank and were merry with him. So hmm. um, contra- in contrast to how they responded to how Jacob treated, Jacob treated Joseph, they were actually happy in the end, um, even if, even if their youngest brother, Benjamin, had five times the portion of what, five times as much. Yeah, yeah it, it says they, they drank, they were married. There was no bitterness, there was no anger, there wasn't any resentment toward Benjamin. You know, at this point, they were just happy they weren't being thrown <laughs> into, right. into prison, right? And Simeon was now, of course, out, out of, of the prison as well. And so this is an example, though, of being joyfully content with your portion, even though someone else may have a greater portion. Some people do have bigger portions, so to speak, in this world than we do. They have nicer things. They have nicer, a nicer car, a nicer home, a nicer wardrobe than you do or than I do. But we need to be content with what God has given to us. Someone has well said that the state of contentment is the state of least population. Many people are not content. So how do you practice contentment? And Sid, if we could start with you, how do, how do you practice contentment? Are you a, by, and let me give the phone number. Our program is still going on. I have a few minutes and give us a call at 929-333-3739. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're struggling with contentment and peace in your life. And you're resentful and jealous of what other people have. Let's just face it. Sometimes we do feel that way, dear friends. And so maybe we can pray with you. Give us a call, 929-333-3739. So, Sid, how do you practice contentment and achieve peace in your life? Yeah, so um, contentment, being content is really uh, hard, especially uh, with, for example, you have planned your career ahead of you, and it didn't go that way. But you see your friends doing what you wanted to do. But I just uh, tell to myself, I may not have all that I want, but I have what I need. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, uh, some some verses that uh, come, uh, a verse that always comes to mind. And, and this is also 
the title of uh, one of my favorite songs. I think Ruth will like this song, so, so I will I'll never forsake you. So it's from uh, Hebrew, Hebrews uh, 13 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. So we have the Lord, you Amen. have everything you need. So. That's right, we have the Lord. And you know, I, and I think about the, the apportionments of land when. The, the the Israel went into the land of promise. Remember, the Levites were not given any land. And it says because the Lord was their inheritance. And when you have God, you have enough. Amen. So, Debbie, what, what, how do you deal and how do you seek to practice contentment in your life day by day? So I like Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Again, I'll paraphrase. Um, it says, I've learned to be content mm. in various circumstances. And so I have learned to be content if things are working out and going as planned. I'm happy. I'm happy with the Lord. Or even though um, then it says I've learned also to be hungry. In other words, I want to see God work more. So I'm content uh, knowing that um, God is writing my story and that God himself is my satisfaction. And it doesn't matter if my plans change because God does not change. Yeah. And so. You know, you might have a double portion from what I have as well. But Paul was content in prison. And other people were walking in freedom when he wrote this book of Philippians. That's mm-hmm. where he was, right? He, yes. he was in prison. And he said he learned it. So contentment isn't natural. Hmm. You have to learn it learn. Through, through experience where you go through trial and difficulty. And the amazing thing is is we can do it because we have the Lord. Ruth, you have the last word. Did you want to add something to this? Yes, Pastor. I think just every morning I try to pray and always ask the Lord for contentment and just to like immerse myself with Bible verses. Um, mm. There was a verse, in the multitude, multitude of thoughts within me, they thoughts um, delight my soul. God's like word. That. Yes. that always gives me ha- uh, contentment throughout the day. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Write God's word on the tablet of your heart, right? Amen. On the table of your heart. And dear friends, remember that in Christ, you can say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So move into the unknown, tension-filled future of your life. Life is filled with great unknowns, but God knows the future, and He'll be strong on your behalf. Good night. God bless you. Be strong. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m.